The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays, the night that I answer your questions all evening long till 11 p.m. So send them in at 514-800. People can also send me by email to laurie at drlaurie.com. I wanted to circle back because last night we had a question about propofol to use to treat anxiety said I was given it before minor surgery and I liked the feeling of being on it and had zero anxiety about the procedure and felt so relaxed so I just did a little bit of research on it to see so propofol is used when anybody has a surgical procedure to relax you until the anesthesia uh, takes effect so usually it's like a, a 10 minute window Uh, And it takes effect within like one to two minutes. So it puts you in a very, very relaxed state. So exactly that. So you, so people wouldn't be anxious about uh, whatever procedure they were um, getting done. But another derivative that I looked at was propranolol, uh, which is used to treat uh, anxiety disorders, originally used to treat uh, chest pain, hypertension, and other heart conditions, but also there's some evidence that it's used in the treatment of anxiety disorders. So that's something you can look into, propranolol, P-R-O-P-R-A-N-O-L-O-L. So I don't think it's the same as propofol, but, um, or at least propofol is, is by injection, and maybe the other drug is a derivative of uh, taken by uh, taken by pills. So just did a, a little bit of research for you on that. 514-800 if you have a question for me. So this one by email. I'm 56 and have been a background listener for two years now. I'm not sure what a background listener is, but maybe the radio is on in the background. Uh, and notice great changes in your show. I always admired you on your great comments and advice. I also enjoy the poems you have read that so many times made me smile. I never thought I would seek out your advice, but I'm at odds to figure something out. I want people to listen to this so that you too can put in your two cents. Okay. I was seeing a man for about nine months. After three months, he moved in because of personal issues. At first it was fine. Then he got super lazy and just sat in front of the TV. He was a little helpful sometimes, but was going through a problem. I did understand his lack of motivation, but he made no effort for anything, and it really bugged me. We decided he would move out because we were better living apart, and maybe we can try again later, when he is better. That was about two months ago. He came on weekends and at times during the week and always told me he loved me. Sunday, we had sex, and when he left, told me again he really loves me. Today, Tuesday, he texted me and told me he started seeing someone else, and it started Monday. I'm very hurt and feel he deceived me. How can he tell me he loves me and go with someone else? His excuse was to forget me and was still upset that I had him move out, but we both agreed to that. Would I be wrong in saying he is being dishonest with this new woman? Uh, He even told me some details about her, like she has big boobs. Why would he even say that to me? 
I had no reason to think he lied to me in the past, or maybe I'm just too gullible and question nothing. I really thought he was an honest man and to some degree still do. I have been crying because I love him and thought he really loved me and says he still does, but I must be missing something. And I hope you can put a few pieces of this puzzle in place. So again, you know, I'm going on just the information provided to me, right? You said you questioned, you questioned nothing, but maybe you should question. You talk about him having personal issues. What kind of personal issues. It sounds to me, just sounds to me like he was um, freeloading basically off of you, using you. Just because somebody says they love you does not mean they love you. Words are easy, but love is a verb. Love is action. We act in a loving manner. And what he's done is not act in a loving manner. Uh, Look at his behavior. He gets you to get him to move in because whatever his personal problems and he ends up just sitting on the couch doing nothing while you're whatever else doing everything else for him and catering to him you're very understanding i have to say um but uh do you have to be uh with someone you know here's you barely really know him he moved in uh, three months after the relationship. So to know whether he's honest or not, not, not so easy to tell, uh, off the, off the top. Right. Um, it's anyway, it's possible that he was just taking advantage of your kindness and your generosity. Uh, sometimes people like that takers will find people who are the givers of the world and, uh, they will, uh, crap all over them sometimes. So, and then when the well dried up, in other words, when uh, you decided, even though you talked about it, that this wasn't working, um, and he moved out, well, he moved on to his next, uh, should I say victim? I'm not sure. If you want to watch a show, that's a, a real like eye opener on how easy it is to get duped watch dirty john those are it's a series was two there's two episodes and um two stories of real women kind giving women who fall uh in the traps of uh narcissistic guys i'm not saying this is your guy i don't know i I wouldn't dare even uh, pronounce myself on somebody i've never met Uh, But in terms of the behaviors you describe, you might see, it might just open your eyes to maybe being less, um, maybe less naive or maybe less trusting completely of someone that you may not know so well. But this behavior is, it's not that he's being dishonest with her. Who cares about her? Think about yourself, please. Uh, more than uh, more than anything. So the guy leaves and then says he loves you one day and the next day tells you I, I, I'm with somebody else now. Right away, that's a uh, red flag. Couple of texts here to add to this. That guy sounds like a deadbeat and lazy with the only effort he makes is being a player, okay? Another one says, uh, it's called being a man. Uh, cheers. Great story though. Go girl. Words are cheap. It's easy to talk. 
Yes, that's right. Your reply. So, uh, is in agreement with what I'm saying. Uh, I would change the locks after having this Bernie Madoff wannabe in your life. Um, that's not a bad idea. Protecting yourself, protecting your stuff, protecting your bank account, uh, changing all this, changing your, your passwords. Another texter, you are right. Love is a verb and talk is cheap. And if he really does love you, then he is being dishonest with other women, except I don't think that's love. Love uh, doesn't sound like that. He sounds like a manipulator who's trying to gaslight her into taking him back in, even trying to use jealousy as in another woman snatching him away to make her want him. I know the type all too well, unfortunately. So please heed the advice of all of our listeners here um, as well. If you want to write in again and let us know how everything goes, you, you're of course welcome uh, to do that. So coming up, I've got uh, more letters. Uh, this one about performance anxiety, social anxiety that we can talk about and anything else you want to throw my way. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Your questions answered all, uh, all show, all evening long. So send them in at 514-800, but not just your questions, also your comments to some of the questions that have been asked of me and of us. Um, it's nice to get other people's perspectives as well. Like I'm happy to share my thoughts and my advice, but again, it's on the fly. And sometimes I might miss or not see certain angles that you will and your experiences with similar in similar situations is also really helpful for other people to hear. So, uh, please do share five, one, four, 800, uh, for the, the uh, last email as a narcissist, he is a chronic liar and emotional cripple. And when I hear comments like this, it's obvious to me that so many people have, um, encountered similar, similar situations. Hi, Dr. Lori. I've started listening to your show a few months ago, and I heard you talk about someone, a little person who hired a prostitute because he was having trouble finding someone. He goes on to say it was a great experience and it really helped him out with self-esteem. I'm not a little person, but I've been inactive sexually for an extremely long time. I'm in my mid thirties and I've only had sex a dozen times or so. At one point I went seven years without even kissing someone. I suffer from social and performance anxiety. I no longer take medication for this because I have a good handle on it and have for years, unless it involves a pretty lady. They have always been the bane of my anxiety and the more I like them, the worse it gets. It's like my brain gets paralyzed and I can't think. I don't know what to say or how to act or move. All I can feel is my heart racing and in immense pressure mentally to perform. I have very little experience in bed and I panic because I'm worried I won't be able to please her due to my below average size and low skill. My last sexual encounter was so awkward. I ended up going soft and just pretended like I finished. It's been a couple of years with no contact and feel like I'm missing out on the most important part of life. I've sat around and wasted my best years sitting at home alone. After hearing the little person's story about how the prostitute helped him, I wanted to try it myself. Does this seem like a good idea? I have no idea where to go or who to talk to about hiring someone for this. Do you know if that is even legal in this province? Any input you can provide would be much appreciated. 
So there's multiple levels to this. And anyone who wants to uh, chime in here and and, uh, share some of their thoughts, of course, you're welcome to do that at 514-800. I believe, in my personal opinion, we have to look at the anxiety first, because that's the part that blocks you in, uh, in, in any situation where you find yourself with somebody that you are interested in. You can work with a therapist who specializes in anxiety to um, even you know be able to do some role plays, to do some what we call systematic desensitization and things like that to get you used to, to this. Um, I would also actually recommend working with a, uh, a dating coach so that you feel like you are well armed with, uh, conversation starters and how to respond, how to read uh, body language and things like that. Uh, and the, the go-to person uh, in my books is, uh, Frank Kermit. So you can find him at franktalks.com. Uh, he has helped a lot of men in very, very similar situations. Now I'm thinking, even if you go to the sex worker, which by the way, it's like murky, whether it's uh, legal, not legal, it's not legal to make money off the avails of prostitution. It's, it's legal. Like, I, I'm not even sure. Can, our Google guy, can you just look up the, the uh, laws, the prostitution laws in Canada and just Throw me a, a paragraph from the law that would be helpful to me, and then I can share it here. Um, so even if you were to go to the sex worker, that's fine. You could get pleasure, and and that would be great for for this time and when you're lonely and what have you. But the anxiety is going to reappear again when you're with in front of somebody that you like. There's still going to be performance anxiety with someone that you really care about because you care about making good impression. When you're with a sex worker, you're going to care a lot less because you're paying her whether it works, doesn't work, it doesn't doesn't matter. So it's a very different experience and I don't think that one is going to fix um, the other. Uh, so that's something you can think about. Uh, so prostitution is legal, but procurement is not. So that she can sell, but you can't buy is really what you're saying. So one can sell their bodies, but a person cannot buy it. So, which also, anyway, I think that it's very, um, gray. It's, it's very gray because clearly there are lots of, uh, sex workers, they do advertise and, and you can, I'm sure if you just did a Google search online, you find agencies and things like that, or individuals who advertise. Um, so it's a bit, it's a bit in the gray, in the gray zone, frankly. Uh, take a look at the good book and listen to some Bob Marley. Someone says, put that out there. They can be both. God is love. I'm putting it out there. Um, things are out of control. People are lost, believe in nothing, not even themselves. Hollywood is not real life. That is, uh, very true. And then back to the other person that wrote in that, that poor woman, uh, this type of guy uses the word love because he thinks it's what she needs to hear to make his way back into her home. He's a user and a fraud, Please beware. Another one says, we need a show like Canada's least wanted. 
where we post a photo of Mr. Couch Potato to warn others before they become uh, victims. That's interesting. Uh, I think sex surrogates are legal. No, not in uh, in uh, Canada. They are not legal. Sex surrogates are not legal. There's a few states, California and um, California and New York would be where they are legal. Now, sex surrogates... That would be a very good option, actually. Too bad they're not legal here. But sex surrogates have a bit of training in it. They help men get through, like help, they help, can help men with premature ejaculation, with awkwardness, with conversing. With They're like coaches, but they get naked with you as well. Um, but they are, they are just not legal in... Um, in Canada, actually. Under Bill C-36, purchasing sex or benefiting from the selling of sex is illegal. Sex workers cannot advertise sexual services and potential clients cannot communicate with the prostitute in any way or in any place for the purposes of buying sex. Well, then how is it legal in any way? (laughs) It almost makes no sense. It makes it impossible then, but we know uh, it's still exist. And then back to the woman, uh, too many women swoon and become putty in a guy's hands just because he uses the word love. And this type of guy knows the power of this word in a woman's ears. Uh, I think that's uh, a possibility. Nevada, Vegas, just north is the Bunny Ranch, tourist attraction and brothel. Yes, but in Nevada, uh, prostitution is um, legal. Uh, You can go to an escort service, but most do not say or provide that extra service. It is illegal to solicit sex for money, but if you go down that road, ask, are you in law enforcement? This way you uh, are you are, she is not an un- undercover. Otherwise it's entrapment. So you're allowed to ask, are you in law enforcement to make sure you don't get trapped into a sting uh, operation for that, I guess. 514-800, if you have uh, a question or a comment. So there's one about using a prostitute, another one um, from a woman whose guy was just basically using her. I think we're all on the same page after hearing that story. Of course, we are only hearing, you know, limited information, but this is what we're all kind of basing it on. I just want to make sure that people understand that, that we don't have the whole, uh, the whole story. I've been with my girlfriend for a few years. Our sex life is actually great despite the fact that she doesn't climax from penetrative sex. She explained this to me early in the relationship and I understood. She said that she can only come when she masturbates a certain way and it's all clitoral. I've tried to make her come during foreplay using my fingers and or mouth. And while she said she feels something, it's not the same as the bigger orgasms that she gets from masturbating. I appreciate her honesty. I'd be so bummed if she faked it, but I really want to be able to get her to orgasm myself. I know it's actually pretty common for women to rarely orgasm from sex, and I'm not likely to be the one to solve this centuries-old issue. So I guess my question is two-pronged. Do you have any tried and tested strategies that I can attempt to help her come easier and more often? Or barring that, any tips on how to accept the fact that our sex life won't necessarily involve me making her orgasm? 
Unfortunately, there is no tried and tested strategy that fits all women. All women are different. All women need different kinds of stimulation to climax. So uh, you are right. Most women, close to 80% of them, don't orgasm through intercourse alone. However, to help her, you might experiment with positions that offer some uh, direct contact with the clitoris, either where she can uh, grind her her pelvis in, into yours or positions where uh, she could play with her clitoris at the same time, maybe try using a clitoral stimulator like a sex toy on her at the same time. Now, having said that, um, you're not responsible to make her come. She's the one who has to tell you what she needs. And then to add more to this, a woman's orgasm is also very much controlled by her head. If she's worried about climaxing with you because for fear of disappointing you or what have you, this adds pressure to her. And that may actually interfere with her being totally relaxed so that she can just let go. So remember that that pressure can just be about, oh, I don't want to disappoint him. I know he wants this so badly. I know he wants to be the one. And so all of this may be, um, may be impacting her because she actually knows how important it is, uh, to you. So, uh, so I hope that, uh, that helps a little bit. All right. Uh, let's see. Tried and tested. Sing a song with your tongue on her clitoris. There you go. Tried and tested. <laughs> Learn where the G-spot is. Watch soft porn of men orally pleasing women. You may learn something. Okay. Another good tip. Uh, people don't need to buy sex because certain dating websites seem to be for hooking up for free. Yes, except when you have a, a a shyness problem or an awkwardness problem, it might be difficult to actually uh, to actually get it. Uh, prostitution is legal in Quebec. Soliciting sex is illegal. You have to use coyness and innuendo or code words to get together with a uh, prostitute. All right, all, all uh, lots of interesting uh, tips here. Coming up, I've got a question for you about navigating an open relationship plus a stupid sex story submitted by one of our listeners. Again, right now, let's turn it over to the CJD 800 Newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Time for your stupid sex story of the night submitted by one of our listeners. Uh, remember, today's Trouble Tuesday. So if you have questions about love, sex, relationships, send them along at 514-800. I've been thoroughly entertained by the, li the listener's stupid sex stories, and here's mine. When I was a teenager, I had a curfew of 10.30 p.m., but weekends I could have a boyfriend over who could stay till 1 a.m. On this Saturday night... We were in the living room watching TV with my parents. They finally went to bed and we started watching Saturday Night Live. This goes back to the years of Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, which tells you the era. There was only the TV light and we started to kiss and touch, or was the term heavy petting. We were careful because my parents' room was only down the hall and door part partially opened. He started putting his hands in my pants and was fingering me as I was stroking his penis. Things got a little more intense. Um, he was 
ejaculating when I could hear my parents' bedroom door open. He came all over his shirt, and when he was taking his hands out of my pants, his metal wristwatch band was all tangled with my pubic hair. Back then, we trimmed a little but never shaved. He pulled it out, and I yelped a little. Then he quickly zipped up, and we both sat up straight. My mom came in the living room and sat down. I guess we were a little too quiet for her liking, and she watched the show with us. The stain on his shirt stood out, but he did his best to cover it up. But what neither of us noticed was a big wad of hair on his watch band. My mom noticed it and commented. He said it happens sometimes when he rubs the back of his head. Hair gets caught. My mom said nothing. After about 15 or 20 minutes, she said she was going back to go get to back to bed and walked off. Just when she got to the hallway, she turned and said to him, you would think with the length of your hair, the hair on your wristwatch would be longer and just went into her room. After the show, he left and I went into the bathroom to pee and I had a bald spot. No wonder I was so sore. The next day I got a lecture from my mom, a very positive and helpful one. So I'm happy about that. All turned out well, but ouch. Um, thank you for your um, submission. Well, I have a few submissions that I'm going to get to the rest of the week, but if you have your own embarrassing story from way back when, or where you've been caught or, or what have you, send them to us. Uh, they are enjoyable to, uh, to read and, and listen to. On the love issue, uh, text writes, and I have learned to avoid saying those three words, I love you, because as much as they can be a comfort, they can just as easily cut deep. But this coming from a guy who loves to be loved, but fears it a little. Uh, yes, and sometimes it, people say those words maybe too easily, and some people, um, you know, will don't say it uh, enough or, or have trouble saying it because of whatever commitment issue or, or whatever goes on. Uh, my girlfriend and I were in an open relationship while we were long distance. It actually worked better than I thought it would. And we've had a lot of conversations about how being monogamous for the rest of our lives simply seems untenable. No disrespect to other couples who choose that, but it's something we both agree on for ourselves. We live together now, and with COVID, I was cut off from former sex partners for quite a while. When I finally hooked up with one of them, my girlfriend got mad, even though it was completely within the parameters of our agreement. I'm not going to tell her she can't be hurt or angry because it was technically legal, but we both agreed to these boundaries. I want to stay open, but how do couples in open relationships deal with it when feelings and comfort levels shift and when instability outside of the relationship gets in the way of things? And that is the big question. So, and, and the difficulties and the potential consequences, right? So it's true. Open relationships can be difficult to navigate, uh, as you so uh, eloquently put it, and they do require ongoing communication, ongoing negotiations and compromise. It's not just a one-time, here's our boundaries, that's it. Uh, they can change uh, because your thoughts can change, your feelings can change, all kinds of things can change. So the essential thing here is that both parties have to be on the same page. Okay. But when you're dealing with emotions, it's a whole other ball game. Sometimes in theory, something looks 
great, right? It seems right. It's right for me. Yes, let's try it. It sounds good. But when you put it into action, it actually may trigger all kinds of emotions that we did not anticipate. It reminds me of a story of a couple, I think I might've told you this before, but where the husband was, uh, I don't want to say pushing, but bringing up the idea of being in an open marriage a lot throughout their marriage. And they had been, and had agreed at the beginning, it was a monogamous relationship. And finally the wife said, fine, if this is what you really want, let's do it. Um, and she was the first one to actually get, uh, another partner and he did not expect what his reaction would have been. And he could not handle it and wanted to backtrack. It's like, no, you know what? No, I'm, I'm having all these terrible feelings. I don't want you sleeping with anybody else and realize it was a big mistake. And when the door had been opened and she was like, well, you open that door. I kind of like it now. Like I want to stick with this, you know, I'm good. Uh, so of course they ended up at, at quite an impasse. So again, can't really always predict the emotions. So, but the other thing I'm wondering too, it is, is it possible that your girlfriend got mad because you stepped out during the pandemic and maybe this was the concern for her. Like we have a whole other concern here. The safe sex is not just about STDs now or sexually transmitted infections. It's also about getting COVID. So it could very well be that she felt that maybe you were putting her at risk at that point, And maybe you didn't ask her ahead of time. So you guys need to hash this out. Like you need to debrief the situation and go from there and maybe redefine the terms of this arrangement, especially now, like during the, the pandemic, which is brings up all kinds of other issues. So it may not be possible or safe to be engaging in, uh, open types of, uh, relationships during this time. Absolutely. Texter writes, if you're willing to navigate an open relationship, then it is obvious your marriage relationship is not satisfying or giving you both or one of you what you need. As the saying goes, you can't be everything to one person. I think the infidelity is out of control. It's not in, well, okay. I'll just finish reading it. And there's some and there simply because of all the technical ways to cheat now. So therefore, if for whatever reasons you have not sought out divorce, then why not an open relationship? It's the same as the woman or man looking the other way and remaining in a broken marriage or relationship. I get where you're coming from, but you need to have a little more knowledge into the world of people who have open, uh, open marriages and open relationships. If you talk to them, they are very committed to each other, very much in love and have good relationships. So part of it is just wanting and understanding that they want variety, but they want the commitment with that one person. They want the romance, the commitment and the intimacy with one person but uh, are both choosing to have sexual experiences with other people, whatever form they decide that will take. So, um, yeah, so it's not always exactly the way uh, you describe it. Uh, somebody else writes, when it comes to open relationships or friends with benefits, I like to think it can be by 
be best described by the episode of Seinfeld where Elaine and Jerry try having sex again and Elaine wanting this, that, and the other, which describe friendship, sex, and more. Right. And, and, and there's more. So it's often with a friendship plus, right. But plus your, uh, primary, um, relationship. Men love their marriage for the comfort, not because they love their wife. Whoa, that's quite, uh, quite the statement. All right, coming up, somebody wants to know about the big questions they need to ask before getting into a serious relationship, plus more of your comments as well, coming up at 514-800. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. If you have questions, you still have a bit of time to get them in at 514-800. Somebody texts in pretty heavy stuff tonight. It's hard. I don't control what uh, questions I get, so I'm just telling you now. I answer them as they uh, as they appear. Sometimes don't even have time to read it ahead of time, so you'll have to sometimes bear bear with me because I'm thinking on the spot as well. Uh, I just started dating a girl I really like. She's really upfront about things, almost blunt, but in a way I respect. Very early on, she told me that she wants kids and asked me if I wanted them too. Normally, I would think of this as a red flag, but with her, it seems totally in character and I respect it, but it also forced me to think about this subject, which I hadn't given a lot of thought to. I really don't have an answer and I know I should. What do you recommend that couples think about or talk about before having kids? I just can't wrap my brain around the subject, but if I want this relationship to go forward, I'll have to. So I have no idea how old you are, right? Because to me, this, this all depends on your age. Like if you are in your early twenties, I would think it's pretty normal now that you haven't quite figured out how you picture, uh, your future, but it's not too soon to start thinking about it or asking yourself these, these questions, uh, like important questions do you want kids, right? Can you see your future with kids in general? Not if I find the right person or what have you, obviously that's a, that's a given. Um, but if you do see this person as being potentially your life partner, then as the relationship develops, there are many questions that you need to address together and not just about the children, like when to have them, how many you want, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to find out other things too. Like how does your partner handle finances? How would, how would finances be handled in the marriage? Like, do we, are we on the same page in how this is going? What about a wedding? What about a a marriage? Do you want to get married or do you want to live together first or what do you believe in, in, in those things? So there's all kinds of issues and people can weigh in with that in terms of the important, uh, questions or, or topics to be discussed, but even families, you know, like how often, uh, I don't know where your families live, if they live out of town or not, but you know, one person may, may think, oh, they see their parents, uh, three or four times a year and and they end up with somebody who wants to see their parents every Sunday, for example, is that going to be okay with you? So those are some of the issues that you want to look at. Religion is another one. How are we going to practice? Are we the same religion? How are we going to practice both religions? Are you okay with having both in the house? How 
raise kids with with what religion, uh, for example? Or are we going to be neutral or, or are we going to let them choose or are we going to be traditional and what are your tra- family's traditions? I mean, there's so many things to to look at. It's not just about, hey, let's just get married. All these questions should be answered and should be discussed uh, ahead of time just to avoid uh, fights later on and, and like, Oh, I didn't know this about you. Oh, if I had known this or, or whatever it is. So you don't want to be caught off guard. So you want to, if you're going to be a life partner with somebody, try and be on the same page with the, in terms of, uh, in terms of values and life projects and how they see, uh, how they see the future as well. In about uh, we were talking about prostitutes before, and somebody wanted to know about the services uh, using a prostitute. Someone who's very shy. Uh, anyone who uses the services of prostitutes knows that the expression "cold as a whore's heart" is so apt. Um, I I don't know. I, I would assume that some may be cold and in it for the money, and some less so. I know that over the years, on a number of occasions. I have had sex workers make appointments with me to get tips on how to help their customers, like almost like a um, coaching session. Uh, They wanted to know more about erectile dysfunction and they wanted to know more about premature ejaculation and they wanted me to give them, like teach them like the exercises to be able to teach their uh, their clients. So I don't know if they all fit uh, that um, mission exactly. All right. Last year was my first year at college. And during it, I lost my virginity to a girl that things didn't end up working with, out with. I've had other hookups and encounters, but I find that I'm constantly in my head whether I'm going down on a girl, getting a BJ, or actually having sex, even when I'm comfortable with the person. I want to enjoy it more and get lost in the moment, but I'm constantly thinking about my body, potential awkwardness, whether or not they're enjoying themselves, a sound in the hallway, whether my feet stink. You get the idea. How do I loosen up and let go? We've talked about this. It sounds like performance anxiety, right? When a person is too much in their head, of course, it's going to interfere with their enjoyment of sex. In fact, not just your enjoyment, but can cause um, erectile difficulties. I don't want to scare you into this, but it it, it could happen. I see this um, quite a bit, actually. So the key is learning to be more in your body and learning to let go of all of the irrational thoughts. The best way that I've found to be able to do this is the practice of mindfulness. There's been research that that shows that um, it can help people focus on the here and now. It helps people with anxiety. It helps people with depression. Basically, mindfulness is a kind of meditation that helps you focus on your senses rather than your thoughts. I would say, try some of these exercises outside the bedroom first. Try by paying attention to your environment, wherever you are using all your senses. You could do this anywhere. You can do this while you're eating something. You can even do this when you're brushing 
your teeth, okay? Like feeling the sensation, smelling the toothpaste, what it feels like on your teeth. And so you can practice this and you'll see that when you're focused on the senses, you're much less in your thoughts. Most of us, when we brush our teeth, we're thinking about what we're, what we're going to have for breakfast or uh, what the, the day is going to look like. We're in our heads. We're not actually paying attention to what's going on in our mouths. Um, the other thing too, is paying attention to your breathing. Whenever you have an intrusive thought, take a deep breath, take a deep breath in and let it out slowly and focus on your breath. Listen to your breath. I want you to be able to hear your uh, breathing. If you want some guidance, there's a, a lot of apps uh, like Calm and Mindfulness and Respiralax. And uh, there's a few different apps that you that can actually help guide you in these meditations and that help you with the breathing. Like it, it, it will show you how long to take a breath in and then how to exhale and how long to take to um, exhale. So those are things that you can certainly uh, look into. Dr. Lori, is it safe to have a guy over to my house these days with the risks of COVID? He told me I'm too worried about the virus. Also because I refuse to kiss him yet due to the risks of the virus. What is this guy, nuts? Of course you're allowed to be worried about the virus. This is, kissing is the one way that you can catch the virus with all the mucus uh, in the mouth, the saliva. That, like, that's the danger thing, right? So uh, besides breathing on somebody, uh, even dating, they're recommending you should be wearing masks and you shouldn't be kissing because that is a high risk behavior. Now, everybody has to do their own risk assessment. You can decide that this is too risky for you. And if the guy or whoever isn't in agreement with you, too bad, so sad, go elsewhere. Like stick to your guns, stick to your boundaries. Uh, and I also don't believe that it's safe to have... Um, to have a stranger over to your house. Like if you, if this is somebody you met online, I wouldn't be comfortable with that to, to have somebody over to your house. Uh, and if it was me, I'd want like, okay, if you want to do this, you have to quarantine, uh, for two weeks, then take a test and then maybe we can talk and I'll do the same. That's about, that's, that would be as safe as you can get as long as you can trust. But again, you barely know him. So how are you going to trust? That's the other element to this. This is very confusing times for, uh, uh, for dating. Very, very confusing and very difficult. And somebody says, it seems some people's horniness trumps the fear of the virus. Uh, this guy has one thing in mind and COVID is low on his list of priorities. <laughs> Did he like Trump? LOL. Uh, yeah, I would question that, you know, I would question that and hold off, hold off until you can go for a walk or, or just say, no, you know what? We'll meet. We'll go for a walk. I'll wear my mask. You wear your mask. We'll be six feet apart. And if we like each other, we'll see where it goes from there. Take it slow, slow dating. Nothing wrong with some slow dating these days. If they're not into it, too bad. Maybe it, that is all he wants is the sex. I don't know. 
Uh, thank you all for your questions. Do appreciate it. And all of your input. Really, really helpful tonight. Uh, thanks to our technical producer as well, Dave Simon. If you want to get in touch with me, do it through your, my website, drlaurie.com. And uh, that's where you can also find the podcast of all the past shows. Or you can also check out the iHeart app, which is great because you have access to everything that's out there. Uh, and if you click on the CJD page, of course, you can have the podcast of all of our shows there. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>